<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live TV with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. And I'm Karen. They are Anchor Moms. Welcome into another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. So glad you're with us. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, And we have a special guest with us, Kimberly Brooks-Smith. Kimberly, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us all about what you do, your family, where you live, all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Katie and Karen. It's great to be here with you on Anchor Moms. Yeah, I am a mindset and resilience life, career, and business coach. So I specifically work with ambitious women who want to live life stress-free without the sacrifice, okay? So they're ambitious, they want big things. Uh, There are a lot of times moms or entrepreneurs or work in corporate. And I think we can all appreciate just the level of surmounting stress in everybody's lives these days. Uh, I know that myself, I've struggled with this and that's actually what called me into this work. Uh, Previously, I spent over 10 years in recruiting and staffing. And so that kind of was a very seamless transition into the career coaching. And then, you know, I got certified and I've been doing uh, one-on-one coaching, group coaching for the last four years, which has been a blessing and I absolutely love it. Uh, But yeah, so that's a little about what I do and who I work with. And I'm a mom myself, you know, I'm a mom. I uh, have a little girl, Amelia, who's eight years old. She's in third grade and I live in Houston, Texas. Uh, which I absolutely love, um, but I'm originally from upstate New York, so I'm a transplant. I've, nice. I've been here for, gosh, uh, going on 10 years, and so yeah, that that's kind of the the, the 20,000 foot view. Yeah, so I feel like um, folks like you, uh, coaches, life coaches, are kind of something that I'm seeing a lot these days. Um, for people mm-hmm. who might not be familiar with like exactly what you would do for them, how you would help them, give us kind of sure. a more um, focused view on on what, you know, if you want to work with somebody like you, what you can offer and what you can do for folks. Absolutely. And this is such a great question because you're, you're 100% right that this new wave of life coaching is really coming to the forefront of you know, just life and mental health and all the things. And, you know, there's a coach for every niche, everything that somebody would want to do, right? If you want to write a book, there's specific, you know, coaches that will help you write a book. If you're looking to, you know, pivot your career, there's people that are going to help you specifically with that. Um, I kind of cover everything. So my business is called Encompass Life Coaching based here in Houston, Texas. And I'm named Encompass for a couple of reasons, but basically I don't want to just help people with one thing. (laughs) I want to do it all. Um, And I, I really see that stress because I mentioned that I myself have struggled with stress and I see a lot of people struggling to make the leap or do what they want to do or enjoy life because stress is holding them back. Stress, anxiety, mindset, um, they're all wrapped into one. So, you know, the difference between 
coaching and counseling per se, because that's a, that's also a question I get quite a bit is, well, you know, I have a therapist, I love them, you know, what, what, what are you going to do different for me? And the thing is that counseling and therapists are amazing for helping you really find peace with the past and with the present and just kind of understanding yourself and maybe the people in your life a little bit better, right? Then a lot of people come out of years of therapy and they're like, okay, I know who I am now. I understand, you know, the idiosyncrasies of my personality and things like that. But what do I do with this? How do I use this information to make progress personally and professionally and actually get what I want? So that's where coaching comes into play, because a lot of times we are at this crossroads and we we have the knowledge about ourselves, but we just don't know how to move forward. We don't know how to put together the plan. So coaching is really about a transformation process. It's about taking you from where you are to where you want to be. So it's very future focused. It's very goal oriented. Uh, with my clients, I, we usually frame up one or two goals at the beginning of our coaching series together so that we have some targets in place. And, you know, it's a series of meeting together for one-on-one sessions, talking about what they want, creating actions together and really holding them accountable. Um, that's another amazing gift from the coaching process is that we have such a hard time creating positive change or initiating positive change in our life because we're so tied into our habits and the way we've always been. And it's really hard to break that cycle or to create a new path when we don't have anybody holding us accountable to this new behavior. You know, we're very self-indulgent people and that's that's just a human that's just a human characteristic. There's no fault to that. We all need support in times where we're trying to initiate and create positive change and uh, really create a new response or a new path for ourselves. I love it. Yeah. In. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you've got two new clients right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the, the stress, I mean, you know, I feel like so much on this podcast, we talk about just mm. as working moms, it is never ending. Yeah. I mean, yes. the mental load, the emotional load, mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that we're not getting much sleep. You know, right. we're trying to fit in exercise and all yep. of the things for our children. And, oh, mm-hmm. by the way, is our marriage healthy? And, you know, all of the things. And it's just so much. So yeah. I feel like someone mm-hmm. like you who can kind of help us navigate and kind of focus in on what we really need to be mm-hmm. worried about and what stressors we can let go maybe. Yeah. And so I, I do take a more holistic approach as well, and which kind of encompass, encompasses everything, your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual realms of your life. And I think that, you know, everybody talks about wanting balance and balance. Yes, it's it's very, you know, it's it's amazing, right, to think that we could have balance. But I really preach more on the harmony side of things. You know, we are in this busy modern world. We have a lot of moving parts and we're still trying to create, you know, everything being equal in our personal life and our professional life. And it just doesn't work that way. So I think this new mindset that I really help my clients, uh, you know, find and, and, and also adhere to is the thought of creating harmony and really a healthy integration between all the different areas of their life. And the fact is that one area of your life is going to need you 
more than all the air, other areas at, at every single day, right? You know, mm-hmm, you have right. to be able to kind of create that flow. Um, but initially, a lot of times me and my clients were working on really nourishing the nervous system. Of course, our nervous system is the foundation of what controls our stress responses. And many of us have been caught in these cycles of being rather addicted to our stress hormones for decades, right? Because of the way that we were raised, uh, because of different trauma responses, because of, you know, the way, you know, just environments that we've been in. And everybody is tra- wants the same thing. So something has to give or else something is going to break. And so, you know, there's boundaries that are put in place. We work on a lot of self-care, a lot of, uh, you know, reversing certain thought processes, uh, in conjunction with moving forward with the specific goals that they want to achieve. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yes, um, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's dive right in here. Uh, Katie, you want to talk about the first article? Yeah, okay. So this one comes, um, let's see, is it from WebMD? I do believe. I think so. I think yeah, so. okay. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of clinical, right? I felt like this article was a little bit, there's not a lot of emotions here. Um, but which can be good sometimes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you're exactly right. Uh, so just a blurb with youth obesity on the rise, an estimated one in five youths are impacted by obesity, according to the CDC. And conversations about healthy weight are becoming more commonplace, not only in the pediatrician's office, and I think this is the big key here, but at home as well. Well, um, but they're finding when they do these studies that that kids have some some. It's a sensitive topic, obviously, and there are words that they prefer more so than others. Um, so they did this study, and um, they asked parents to go ahead and say, um, "What are some of the What are some of the specific terms that you use with your kids about weight?" And then they asked kids to rate those um, their re- emotional response to those words, like fat, chubby, curvy, thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting that depending on their race and their gender and their se- sexual orientation, the the emotions or how they felt about the words did vary a little bit. Um, but they had strong reactions um, to certain words, like s- some kids liked the word curvy more than, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. others. Um, and... I, what I thought was most interesting about this is I think the study is saying that in the past we've really relied on pediatricians or doctors to sort of talk to, you know, you go to the pediatrician, okay, like your kid's health, health, you know, kid's weight is healthy or it's unhealthy. But basically this article talks about like we should really be talking about weight and these kind of things at home, like learning how to talk about it at home because who talks to their kid more than anybody else? Like the parents, right? Um, Absolutely. So I, I thought that would – to be honest, I thought that was the biggest takeaway here. I wasn't surprised. I mean, who wants to? I mean, who wants to be told to, that they're fat, right? Like, I, I, I was kind of surprised right. that some parents. I mean, isn't that an obvious? Isn't that obvious that a par- that a kid wouldn't like to hear that word? I mean, an adult wouldn't like to hear that word either, right? Right. I think it's just too. Mm-hmm. You know, things are changing, right? I think yeah. words that in terms that were used decades ago just aren't kosher anymore. Right. They're, you know, we or we, we care more. We're more sensitive to them, right? right? And we yeah. want to use words that are more neutral, right? Um, you know, I will just point this out. All three of us have daughters. Yes. Right. And yes. this is something, um, Kimberly. I know your daughter is just a little bit older than mine, and so they're mm-hmm. not yet to those teenage years. But it is something. That that is 
I'm not going to lie, kind of in a way, I don't want to say hanging over me, but I know what's coming, yeah. right? And I yes. am already trying to think and make sure that I'm saying the right things and using the right terms that I'm presenting to her, you know, a healthy weight, not, um, you know, and, and it says in this article, there's a fine line between obesity and not kicking your kid into disordered eating. Yeah. Right? So like, how Correct. do you, yeah. how, you know, and I am one, I, I like to work out. Um, uh, you know, I feel like I'm currently struggling a little bit because I just had my fourth baby. I'm trying to, you know, bounce mm-hmm. back from the baby weight and I catch myself. I, I don't want to, my daughters to hear me ever saying like, oh, I need to lose this weight, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. things like that, that I might just say to my husband as a normal thing, but I don't want that to be perceived to them as, oh, mom thinks she's overweight or you know it's just so tricky and you just have to be so careful I feel like especially with girls to make sure that they have are being raised in an environment that teaches them the right way to look at their body and think about their body um Kimberly what are your thoughts on this yeah and and I definitely have thought about the same things my sister also has a little girl and so I have a niece and and her and I have talked about the fact that you know, we grew up at a time where, you know, I bless my mom's heart, right? I think that her generation was even more caught in this like diet culture, Mm -hmm. a ton of pressure to really be slim and be a certain, have a certain figure. Right. And I know that my grandmother probably had that too. And, And I don't know exactly how that was communicated to my mom, but, you know, growing up, I know that my mom was always very active, ate a lot of healthy foods. You know, we ate a lot of healthy foods. Um, She never used bad language with us, but, you know, there were definitely some obvious things around my mom always kind of very strictly monitoring her weight, right? Which Mm -hmm. sent a very subliminal message. And same thing now, you know, me and my sister were very, we were very active. And, you know, we've talked about how do we get our children and get our daughters to really love their bodies and embrace a healthy lifestyle. And I think that that really comes from demonstrating that, right? And the language goes along with it. So, you know, personally for me with my daughter, you know, she is starting to develop, you know, she's right at that eight years old. She's, you know, her doctor is kind of you know, planted some seeds and you know, one side of me is kind of like, you know, we're not quite there yet, right? We're, we're fine. But another side of me is, you know, we, we, we talk about being like eating healthy foods or growth foods, right? Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about muscle, right? And and she sees me work out. We go for bike rides. You know, I even bring her to the gym or I brought her to yoga classes with me um, to, you know, obviously try and get her interested and, and, and expose her to that. But I also, she's also asked me like, why do you do these things? And I'm like, well, it's, we don't do these things to be a certain size. We do these things to nourish our body, Mm -hmm. to, to build muscle because it's really good to be strong. That helps our immune system. We talk a lot about how the actual body works and how just the food we eat gives us fuel and energy, how that helps us build muscle and helps, you know, just our lifestyle in general helps, helps, you know, how everything's connected. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's important because at least I know my daughter being at eight, she's at this stage where she wants to know why for everything. Mm -hmm. Why, Mm -hmm. why, why? And as kids, we used to just get like the blanket statement. Well, because you don't need another donut. You don't need another cookie. You don't need it. You know, (laughs) because we said so. Yeah. Right. Because we said so, you know, if, if that, you know, from my perspective, when 
you know, kids, obviously they thrive off of sugar, but, you know, keep being, helping her be mindful of those things. I'll say things like, you know, we've had a lot of sugar today. I think we can, you know, choose a healthier option. Why not have an apple or why not have, you know, a fruit or a veggie to Mm -hmm. to snack on. So just kind of shifting that. um, And yes, being sensitive to uh, just the language, but something else that came up for me with this was this notion that, you know, the size of our body indicates the health of our body. Mm. And that just really is not true. There are plenty of people who have different size bodies who may be, you know, quote, bigger than what certain, you know, medical organizations recommend. And they're running marathons, right? They're, they're doing all types of wonderful things and they can be perfectly healthy. And likewise, there's CrossFit, you know, athletes that are dying of heart attacks. So I think that we really need to get away from this mindset that the size of your body is always indicative of your level of health. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm happy that we're having this conversation because I think just as you said, I think you know, when we were kids for our, like, this was not a conversation. I right. don't think that our, our parents were having like how to talk, how to talk about food, how to talk about weight, how to talk about body Definitely size. Not. It just wasn't on people's radar. Um, mm-hmm. so I think if anything, at least we're starting to think about those conversations and what the right way and the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. And I think 100%. To, your, to your point too, my daughter is also starting to ask a lot of the whys and I'm amazed that sometimes you know, I'll just say, you know, it's just about the conversation about the, you know, well, why do you think? And, you know, well, I don't have all the answers. And it's amazing to me sometimes how even that I feel like is, is a good response, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll say something to her, like, I, you know, I don't really know that one, LRA, or we're still thinking about that, or let's talk about it, or, you know, and even that I'm not sure, I think appeases her in some way of, of even her young mind of saying, okay, well, mom doesn't have all the answers either, but we'll figure it out together kind of thing. And, you know, I think even that Mm -hmm. is better than just, you know, nothing, not talking about it at all. It's funny too, you mentioned the sugar. I overheard my daughter this morning. We have uh, like little treats that we give to the dog, you know, and uh, they they were wanting to give the dog extra treats. And I heard Ellery say, she can't, the dog can't have another one. That'd be too much sugar for her. No, nope, no, nope, she doesn't yeah. need another treat. Too much sugar. And I was like, well, well Has she heard that before, do you think? Yeah, I was like, I, I don't yeah. know that the dog actually needs to regulate it. I don't think there's that much sugar in the treats. But, like, yeah. good thought, good thought. Yeah. Obviously, we've heard before that, like, treats, not too many treats here. Not too many No treats. matter what the animal or person or whatever, let's right. limit the treats there. That's funny. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Mom's the word. So I have a mom's, um, and this will be a one that I Karen will never buy. So I'll have to like get it for her birthday next year <laughs> or for Christmas next next year. It's true. Um, this is it's a, um, a a skin tool, 
And I feel like if you are somebody who uh, uses a lot of skincare products or these devices, they're always expensive. And this one is kind of expensive, but not as expensive as many of them. It's called a Dermaflash Dermapore device. And it's Ooh. a pore extraction Ooh. and serum infuser. Um, so in other words, you know, it's like takes the place of those old like white, those, what are not white strips? Um, you know, those, oh, the black like the Bure strips. strips? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. But it also, one of the things I really like about it is it helps infuse whatever, ser- like, so if you're using, you know, uh, retinol or like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, moisturizer, nice. you can use it and it helps, you know. Put that in Correct. as it's taking out the bad stuff. Correct. Okay. Um, $99 on Amazon. I got it for myself over Christmas, and I got to tell you, I am quite enjoy so much so that I think I'm going to buy my sister one, who's Ooh. always a who always loves um, a good a good skincare tool. Um, but yeah, I like it, and it's a hundred bucks, and it it's small, and it's um, fits into my drawer, and I recommend it. Okay, Perfect. I love it. Kimberly, awesome. are you into skincare products? I am. I definitely I keep it simple now. I definitely have a very simple regimen. Uh, but yeah, I'm always interested in any of the new gadgets and things like that. So for okay. sure, we'll write this one down. We laugh because Karen, um, Karen is is the last person you will ever see spending <laughs> any sort of money on any sort of like skincare product. So, but then last year for my or this year for my birthday, Katie sent me all the wonderful things that I would not buy myself, and they were all Aww. lovely. And I'm like, oh wow, like everything Amazing. Katie recommends works, and you should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> See, stepping outside your comfort zone. I know, know, right? Um, You love, yeah. So this next article is called, Does Parenting Make You More Introverted? Here's what experts say. This was so interesting to me. I am, by nature, an extrovert, but I I totally just got everything in this article. Um, So it says, before parenthood, I was insulted when friends needed alone time. This is exactly me. My husband's an introvert. And yeah. anytime he's like, I need some alone time, I'm like, what? Why? You don't want to be with me? You don't want to talk every second? <laughs> what? Why? What is going on? Um, but the author says, five kids later, I understand what it is to crave solitude in a manner similar to hunger. That's what? Funny. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, and it goes on to just talk about how, you know, moms are, especially with young kids, just you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, just kind of um, covered in other people all day, right? And so sometimes at the end of the day, they don't want to necessarily snuggle up to their husband or, Mm -hmm. you know, talk for hours because they've been on all day dealing with all the things that the kids need, their own work stuff, everything. Um, And talked about how parents are maxed out on noise, physical touch, movement, interaction, Mm -hmm. And does all of that lead them to become more introverted? So the, the basically what the article says is that data, the data, the studies have shown that no, there isn't any proof, any evidence that parents do become more introverted. But you could say that they become more burnt out, right? Mm, that they, yeah. that all of this parenting, all the things that, that moms especially have to do does maybe lead to burnout, not necessarily um, becoming Mm -hmm. more introverted. Another thing I thought was interesting, it brought up a term I'd never heard before, um, that there's kind of a middle ground before between extroverts and introverts, ambiverts. I never heard of it. Had you guys heard of this? But I mean, it makes sense, right? It totally makes sense. Yeah, Um, I've heard of it. I've definitely thought more of myself as an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. So it's great to know that there's actually a term for it, an ambivert. Right? I know, an ambivert. Ambivert sounds the nicest. It does. I think it has a nice ring to it. 
Amber Bird. I don't know. Does it? Sounds friendlier to okay. me. Anyway. Right. Sounds like a middle ground. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I I think that there's a lot to be said for this. I think that we do at the end of the day sometimes just need need a minute, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. There's you know, a lot to unpack in this article, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were your um, initial thoughts, Kimberly, reading through it? Yeah, so first and foremost, I think that we can all relate to the fact that there is this self that we knew before becoming a parent, and then there is this self that we know of us becoming, like who we are after becoming a parent, right? There is this distinct difference. And for me, I was reflecting on it and just knowing like who I was before I became a mother. I was very ambitious, career driven, and I had a lot of people pleasing and perfectionist tendencies. And I think that for a long time, at least in my brain and maybe just, you know, socioculturally, like there's, there was some stigma attached to being an introvert. There were these assumptions of introverts of, oh, like you don't really like to socialize or you don't like people or they're kind of rude or like whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's just, you know, what I remember. But I think that I gravitated towards wanting to be an extrovert so that I would be liked, Mm -hmm. right? So that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be labeled as an introvert or be labeled as something that was, you know, unpleasant or whatever it is, right? Yes, unsocial or antisocial. Yeah. So I think that there's something to be said for like do did we even really know ourselves before we became a parent and then of course now that we have so little free time as a parent or we feel like so much of that free time that we once had has now been redistributed to all of these other responsibilities we're craving it and yes the 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 point there of we're more burnt out we're living in this society that is constantly on and is a thousand percent overstimulating right so yes our nervous systems need a break we need some time to really uh get back into our own body and understand kind of feel the sensations of like what do we need right we need a lot of moms just forget to even meet their own needs because we're always giving to everybody else and this is a prime example of like where there needs to be some boundaries to protect your energy to protect your mindset so that you can go back out and be the best mom and the best partner that you want to be um so yeah i don't know whether it's a matter of becoming more introverted per se. I think that, yes, do we really know ourselves before we become a parent? Maybe we've, maybe more people have been introverted than we even expected. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then, and then also burnout. Yes. This is definitely a signal that if you're feeling overstimulated and overstressed and like people are hanging all over you and you have nothing left to give at the end of the day, nothing left to even give yourself or your partner, partner then something needs things need to be dialed back right there needs to be an assessment uh and some shifts yeah i think those are all good points especially what you were saying about did we really know ourselves before becoming parents it's an interesting Mm -hmm. thing to think about yeah i mean i know i didn't know myself the way that i know myself now before i became a parent and certainly the way that i looked upon myself there was quite a bit of judgment a lot more yeah yeah i mean that's what parenting does for you right like yeah just sort of opens Mm -hmm. up your eyes yeah um Kimberly do you have a win for this week win of the week 
Yeah. So, I mean, not necessarily for this week per se, but this over month? the last, uh, yes. yeah, this month, yes. Something that was uh, very exciting to hear is that I am a finalist for my coaching academy, which I stay connected to for Emerging Coach of the Year, which Yay! is a really exciting yeah, so I've been celebrating that big time, and uh, me and one of my uh, business partners, we actually also just closed out the initial run of a business mastermind that we put together. It's a, a group coaching program that went really well in its kind of initial launch and run through. So both of those things have been super exciting to That's celebrate. Awesome. And congratulations! Big yeah. career. Thank you. Milestones are so exciting and fun, and I have to imagine as like an entrepreneur and someone with their own business, it's like even more validation. Absolutely. It is. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in this work so that I can support other people. And it's always nice to hear great feedback. And like, I woke up this morning to an amazing Google review and that just like brought a huge smile to my face. And, but yes, to, to have some of that peer recognition and everything, of course, that's motivating. I mean, being an entrepreneur, you wear so many hats and there's a lot of different types of stress as well. So, I mean, I definitely am practicing what I'm preaching as well. Well, (laughs) So tell, tell folks how they can find you, how to follow you on social media. Definitely. Yeah. So I do a lot on Instagram and my handle is at Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y dot Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E dot Smith. So just my full name, Kimberly dot Brooke dot Smith. And then also my website is www.encompasscoachingservices.com. You can subscribe. You'll get a really amazing Soul Survival Kit for the Empowered Soul, which has some great ways, actually my favorite ways to nourish your nervous system, to incorporate in your self-care routines, just to kind of keep things fresh and interesting. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I definitely send a, send some emails out to my, my list, you know, for different tips and tricks and blog articles and just some fun stuff. I don't inundate people's inboxes because I don't like that, um, right. but I definitely keep in touch. And and certainly there, if people are interested in exploring coaching, they can, they're welcome to book a free discovery call. I'd love to speak with them. And one last quick question before we let you go. So as we ring in 2023, what's your best advice, best little mm. tip for folks looking to like you know, start the new year off right in the right mindset, in a healthy way. What's kind of a a quick tip for getting folks uh, off on the right foot this new year? Definitely. And I was thinking about this, actually, I'm going to be putting together something for my list in terms of just like a checklist, like, you know, um, a New Year's checklist. And I think that it's hard to think about moving forward when things are currently in a state of flux, right? So what do I mean is, how do you clear some of the Um, mental baggage or even physical baggage too, and create space for positive change. So with these things, I'm thinking like, really do a heavy duty clean out of your email inbox, unsubscribing from all the things that, you know, all the retailers and things like that, that maybe you were connected to through Christmas, sorting through all your mail, cleaning that out, maybe doing some closet clean outs and cleaning out some, you know, old things that maybe just you don't have space for anymore. So really doing an inventory of what do you want to keep and what do you want to go, right? How do you clear that space? Um, And then taking inventory of the last year, what did you love about 2022? And what really went well, what feels like it's working well still, and where are your pain points or where do things feel like a struggle or harder than you wish they would feel? Um, That's gonna give you some really good clarity into 
some areas that maybe you would want to initiate some positive change in. And, you know, of course, you know, goal setting is the foundation of, of moving forward. Um, I've got an amazing tool that people can look into. It's called the Gold Manifestation Guide which is a 26-page reusable workbook that they can use to really help them set and achieve meaningful goals. Um, so those are definitely some, some starting points. All good advice. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Kimberly. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful new yeah, year. And uh, best you of luck. Well. Hope your business just continues to flourish. Thanks so much, Katie and Karen. Same to you. And yeah, happy new year. Happy, happy new, new year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.